it starts with well hello everybody welcome to indie comic spotlight creator corner it's a creator corner day here on indie comic spotlight this is these are some of my favorite shows where instead of talking about you know about a comic in obscurity where it's like me and a guest are like here's what we think today i have one of the creators here to with me so i can just say hey here's what i think and then he can say you're an idiot so this will be fun this will be fun to find out why i'm wrong about his comic so uh welcome to the show jalen hello hello how's it going very well thanks for coming on this is exciting so our, our mutual friend tanya todd set us up this was a blind comic book date uh we're meeting for the first time although i have read your work so i guess it's not a total blind date um so thanks tanya for this um she's awesome Thank you. As, and, and how how is it that i know tanya through mike burton like she was on mike's show and then she was on my show she's been on this she's sat in this very chair um, we talked about Black, which is an, an amazing comic. I read that. That's so cool. Um, so how do you know Tanya? I worked with her on a short film. Actually. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So nice. I met her through acting and she, uh, through talking with her, she found out that I do, I create comics and I'm, I'm a writer and help make this awesome encounter. Yeah, she's so cool. What a nice person she is. So she's yes, life she is. is better having known Tanya Todd. So that's cool. Well, um, so what we'll do is before we get in. So yes, as you said, you're a writer and you've written Welcome to Wolf Spain, which is a very fun comic. I mean, if you love a hellscape, it's fun, I should say. When I say fun, it's not a lot of chuckles, let's just say. But I enjoyed it um, because it knows what it is. And I like something that knows what it is. And as we get through the book, as we start talking, and I have some questions for you, but before we get into Wolfspan and we tell everybody what it is and how they can get it and why it's super cool, um, we always need to start with your comic book origin story. So, young Jalen, at some point in time, you liked comic books. And obviously, you'll end before you start talking about this, that you told me off air, you have two full sleeves of comic book tattoos. So, Correct. that's a lot. So, it was, you know, there's a journey there. So, please, the floor is yours, sir. Tell us about your comic book origin story. So it started fairly young. Um, me and my uncle are very close um, growing up with him. And the age gap isn't too far. So I was he was always a, like an older brother type of uncle to me, uh, father figure-like. And he would take me to Comic-Con all the time at Baltimore. And ever since I was little, I loved Spider-Man, the Batman animated series. It always drew my attention more with as a kid, I like storylines more than just the, the aspect of the superheroes. Um, so altogether, it really drew my interest. So going to Comic-Cons for years on end, um, it made me think of seeing how they portray now and seeing all the comic books I read currently. I'm, I like them, but at the same time, I, I feel like there's a small part missing in them, uh, more like the grounded reality base, but at the same time, still amazing and exceptional. Um, so it always drew my interest in where I wanted to create following his footsteps, who also started his original comic as well. Um, and just fell in love with it. That's so cool. That's so cool. And so you, do you collect them too? Like you read them and then, mm-hmm. then you were like, I can start doing that. So you write, he draws, is that because he draws that you write or are you like me where you're like drawing, not my jam? So I definitely tried the aspect of John. I was like, this would be so much easier if I could just do it all. Um, but finding out I don't have the the full capability of drawing, um, it made it more easy with somebody I know and trust that can actually bring my vision to life and with my creative, with my writing ability that I like. Um, and I thought we would be a great combination. Nice. And you're you've got a writing partner too, Andrew. Correct. Me and him actually are the ones that started that together. Nice. And how how does he come into your origin story? Like, how are you like, hey, pal, let's make comics. How'd that happen? So we've always, uh, from meeting each other, we play basketball and talk all the time. And we play video games all the time together online. Um, but when we used to live together, we realized our same love for comic books. And we always watch the Marvel movies when they come out or DC movies. And we're like, we love the heroes, but what what can we do to make this movie better or make it interesting so we decided to really make ourselves kind of portrayed in the books um and really see how we can do our personalities but as a group and see how they veer off in their own way nice so the the two main characters are based on you guys yep for most i mean image wise we definitely brought that in there uh to make it look more like us uh 
he's a little taller than I am, a little bit more buff, but yeah, you know, <laughs> definitely we least- the extra pages you sent me that aren't in the in the printed book. You sent me the digital version. He's definitely all jacked up. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no doubt about that. Um, so yeah, that is definitely where we brought that at, and our names are kind of in there as well. Right. So we use our middle names for the character names, which is we wanted to bring a little bit of us into our world, but at the same time make them different. That's so cool. I love that idea. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and clearly, you um, is the dynamic between the two of you then the same? Like you're more of a hothead, and he's like, "Hey, let's just let's 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 take a beat for a second. <laughs> I would say in real life, uh, we both can be. We actually might be a little bit more opposite than our. Oh, really? That. Oh, that's fine. So made it a little bit different. I mean, we both can be very hot headed. But I think we're both also very chill. So we decided to see the aspect of how his character would be if we had that same position, more of how we are. I mean, we are hot-headed at times, but we wanted to see how more it would be if how we would have powers or if we were in this scenario, how would we go about it? Nice. That's cool. What a cool idea. That's so fun. I love that you make it personal because then that, that makes – because obviously – Anybody who's going to start your own indie comic company, that's passion. That's not something you just do. One of the other guys on the Comics Emotion team, Matt Lloyd, and I are actually doing the same thing. We're trying to put together a, a collection of, um, like, remember, like, the old-timey, like, digests would be, like, the weirdest shit together. It'd be, like, here's an eight-page Batman story, and then here's, like, a seven-page Hawkman story. And over here, there's, like, a Sergeant Rock, and they're not even tied together, like those old yes. Yep. Digest. So we're, we actually kind of want to do that. We're just like a bunch of eight to 10 page stories, like from the old timey thing. So it's like, here's a superhero story and here's a crime story. And here's like a vampire story and just like smash it all oh, together excellent. into one. Yeah. So, you know, but you don't do that because you're thinking I'm going to be rich. You're doing that because you're like, I got to do it. I just need, I need exactly. to do it. There's something about the, the, the way that comic books infect people's souls. Cause you've got, I mean, I do not have a full sleeve, but I just got my Tim Drake R. Oh, you can't see it right there. Tim oh Drake's yeah. My, Tim Drake's my guy. So let's, <laughs> let's hear, I see the Batman who laughs on your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but what else do we got? Tell everybody about, so, give us a tour. Real, so a tour I'll do real quick as well. Um, yeah, no one will see I it. Have, so we'll have to make it like yeah. it's NPR. He's removing his jacket and uh, he's going to roll up his sleeve. <laughs> and so on the right arm, it is a DC sleeve. Nice. Um, my favorite character. Uh, I do love how you have the Robin there. Yeah. Because my favorite my yeah. DC character is actually Dick Grayson. No, nice. Okay. Well, here, just and I have a full, uh, let me see if I can move this a little bit nice. better, but a full Nightwing on my arm. Oh, is man. Issue. That's awesome. Very nice. Um, leading up to Starfire flying over him. Of course. That makes perfect sense. And then as we get up a little bit higher, my fate, my other secondary hero that I love in DC, um, which I wish they did a lot more with, is a bad day to wear long sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know you were going to have to give a whole tour. You're, we're both wearing Batman <laughs> shirts, too. It's oh, like we've yes. been in this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. It is um, Hal Jordan. Oh, nice. Favorite. So I had a huge kick where I loved all Green Lantern books and was reading every issue of those. So I have a full... Hal Jordan was my oh, first dude. tattoo. That's a good one. And Look at that. With the red lantern um, here. Right. And Sinestro on the back. Dude, that's amazing. Wow. So we that's had to awesome. start so there. Before we move to the Marvel sleeve, let's just talk about Green Lantern for a second. That was my very first comic, was a Green Lantern comic. So awesome. um, Little Me, I saw the one. It was like way old. The Len Wein cover, um, the demolition team. Like that's old. I mean, it's old, old. Um, and then like three issues later, is when Hal leaves and John Stewart comes back. And so for yeah. years, John Stewart was my guy um, until Jessica Cruz. And like Jessica Cruz just edged out John as my favorite because I just love how she's an accident. She's accidentally a Green Lantern. Like she backed into it and, you know, she's all of her anxiety issues and everything. And she's still like, is a hero. So, you know, that's, but that's she cool. Is great. I that's do awesome. love her. And I liked, uh, I did like bringing in Kyle Rayner for a while as well. Yeah, I like Kyle Rayner's ideas of just the way he made his constructs to me was I liked his a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, the reason I always love John is I don't know. I'm a lot older than you. I know. But I don't know. There's an old comic. If you ever can get your hands on it, it's called Mosaic. And it's 
Um, and that John gets sent to this earth where all these other, like, like this civilization from this planet and these people from earth mm-hmm. and these people, they all get plunked together on one, on one planet. And the the guardians put John in charge because he's an architect. So they're like, you mm-hmm. figure it out. So John lives on this planet and he's got to figure out how to make all these alien races come together and like live. And so it's not really like a superhero comic. So it didn't do very well. It ran yeah. for like It's my favorite Green Lantern comic ever. So if you can find I actually have a couple single issues of it, but I never had the full story. So I never knew what it was. Yeah, it's originally. super good. I it love the more, art style on it. That's a good one. Okay. Anyway, I know we're here to talk about your comic, but that's very <laughs> cool. All right, let's hear the other sleeve. That's very cool. Um, so at my son, I have, um, so the only reason I have one DC member on this hand is for my son, I have Azrael. Nice on there um and then from there is that my his, favorite, name? his name's Ezreal. nice um and then i have a full i uh, love the symbiotes was my other thing as a kid growing up i played the playstation one spider-man game and i just love the concept of carnage and venom and how they interacted with peter so i have carnage as my main piece here nice i see him better. yeah with um with anti-venom right behind him oh very cool and then we have the symbiotic webs coming down around everybody, um, yep. leading up Barry to McFarlane. my three. You, you may or may not owe McFarland some money on that sleeve. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and with three of my favorite Spider-Man. Um, so I have the 2099. Oh, that one's cool. Nice. Uh, Scarlet Spider back here. Nice. And you have to have classic Spider-Man, of Got course. Peter, yeah. Red and blue Peter. And nice. the top of it all off is my... Uh, the bigger piece of venom. Oh, holy crap, dude! So you set you spent a lot of time in the chair. Yes, I have. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so cool. That's very cool. Because when I first saw your hand, I did I just saw the red and I thought it was Jason, but that's it's Azrael. So that's that's even cooler. That's nice because I saw the red. I was like, oh, there's that red hood. But that's cool. Mm-hmm. So you named him that. You named him that because you expect him to replace you one day. Just like definitely do. Nice. That's amazing. What a cool idea. Wow. How old is he? He is two. He just turned two in December. He can't read those yet. No, but he does know. He knows who Azrael is, at least. We have all the figures and he knows this is him whenever he points at it. So that's at least a starting point. That's great. That's excellent. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. That's so cool. Well, that's excellent. Thanks for the tour. So everybody, Jalen has total comic book street cred. Everybody can stand down. You don't have to be like, this guy's making comics. No, he knows you are comics. You are made of comics while you're also making comics. So very cool. Um, well, that is a lot of love. And and I think there's something, you know, most comic book uh, nerds. I, I was trying to say this. So uh, one of my daughters bought her boyfriend tickets to the con in Cleveland. They live in Ohio. And he's a little nervous. He's never been to a con before. And he's not, you know, he's not the most social guy. And I was like, look, man, the thing is, that's who's at the cons is a bunch of people who are just happy alone in their own head. And they all there and it's full of respect and love. So hopefully they're going to go this, this spring. And hopefully he'll have a fun time. But like you would go to those Baltimore cons. What was it? What's the ball? I used to go to the Chicago con all the time, which was always right. What's that Baltimore con like? Is it, um, is it, you know, does it attract the bigger names or is it just like more of the local guys with the, you know, like you guys did selling your thing or is it a combination of both? That's a little, com- it's definitely not as big as San Diego, no, but it no, is, nothing um, is, of course. Yeah. yeah. But it definitely has since from going originally to now, um, it definitely has progressed besides the crazy COVID times. Um, but it has definitely gained a lot more popularity. Um, more older celebrities go there. So, like, I know when I went there before, we've had the original Hawk there from the TV show. Before, Some more yeah. of those nice. actors. And um, my fa- my most cherished memory there was actually getting my picture taken with uh, Stan Lee, which was amazing. Rest his soul. Um, oh. And getting him to actually autograph the picture. So... Not even going to try to get price value for his autograph. That's yours. On a picture of me and him with it is pride and joy right there. So that was my best moment from Comic-Con. That's amazing. Cool. And that is framed somewhere in the house, I see. Yes, it is. Yes, yes. And that's <laughs> up too high. Little Ezreal's not touching that. Sorry, son. That one's for you later. Nope. That's yeah. <laughs> He'll know, too, because you're raising him right. He'll know not to sell that. He knows that that's, that's who Stan is and... And this, and he'll name his son Stan, and that'll be how that works. No, um, so <laughs> that's very cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I think there's something about cons. Um, 
because, you know, comic book nerds in general, we're not the most social butterfly type of people. But when we all get together in the same room, there's like just this mutual respect. And some of my favorite memories of going to cons are, yes, yeah, seeing the seeing the big celebrities. I went to a midnight reading and Neil Gaiman at the Chicago con, you know, right uh, right when his first collection of short stories were coming out. So he was you know big on Sandman. Jill Thompson was there, you know, doing art. You know, she drew uh, the Delirium character. And so she was there. It was just like great. That was so cool. But like the running into like people just selling their stuff like you, like the, the indie guys who are like, here, check this out or here, I'll do a sketch of this for you. And um, that's so cool. So when you saw those guys, when you were younger guys and gals, that's how you knew you could do it. Right. Because you see people at a table just like they physically have a comic book that they made. And that just is mind blowing. It was. And then the fact also that my uncle was at Artist Alley where he would always stay. Right. So he, we, I would actually be able to sit behind the tables with him and see people actually finding out that you can be an indie guy and people like your items or your merchandise and will actually purchase it. So I've seen many commission drawings uh, from my uncle and seeing that people actually grab like came by every year to get another picture from him, seeing that well, you can get a basis here. Yeah. And yeah, it definitely do, was inspirational. Up. Right. Yeah, it is. It's so cool because you build up. I mean, that's when you think about like up up your way. I mean, a little north of you, but that's how the turtles started at New Hampshire. Right. Mm-hmm. They just were two dudes at the New Hampshire con, like doing their own scrappy little thing on newsprint. And they're like, oh, now, you know, now look at it. And that was how it started. Just selling stuff. at a local I con. definitely think it was better. I, I like their older. The original too. turtles a lot better. I do, too. <laughs> I do, too. I like them. I like but I, the IDW re- reboot. Um, with East Kevin Eastman is involved in that. That's better. But mm. I, I do too. I like it better than the total Calabunga dude, bro turtles, but they were just too like, you know, upstart. Nobody's at a, at a new, at a new Hampshire Comic-Con. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. That's, and actually, ins- that's it is, inspirational. It is. I interviewed Don Chin on here and he is the one who made radioactive radio, radioactive adolescent radioactive black belt hamsters, you know, as the inspiration from the turtles. So um, I actually kind of love the hamsters more than the turtles because the hamsters kind of stuck to that grittier, you know, black mm-hmm. and white stuff. Whereas, you know, as we know, the turtles got, oh, but yeah. indie comics are awesome. And, uh, and here we are to talk about them. I just put out, you are in my second century. I just put out my hundredth show last week when we were talking. So it's been, this is something I love to do. So thanks for being here to talk about it. So now that we've geeked out about that, let's talk about your comic. Um, so give every so we don't you only have the one out right now, correct? Correct. Uh, first issue is out, and then the one I sent you, which was the digital version, is um, getting printed soon. Um, we are definitely going to try to do a by the end of this month. We do want to Kickstarter up to you know try to help help yeah. it along a little. And you'll bit send the links it. to me, so that'll be in the show notes. So by the end of January, you'll have it up. Yes, uh, so we'll make sure this comes out. We'll make sure this comes out. So this will this will come out and this will be us promoting the Kickstarter. Hey everybody, go to the show notes and click click on Jalen's Kickstarter, and I'm going to support it obviously. So everybody should too. And we'll, at the end, then do you already know what the Kickstarter stuff is going to be? We can pinch up. Yeah, you know. we have I have some of the tiers. I can definitely let everybody okay, know. Okay, at the about end we'll talk well. about that. All right, so <laughs> so Wolf Spain, welcome to Wolf Spain is the name of your. I love the welcome to. I think that's really smart. I think it's like because you're dropping the reader. In. it already exists you don't the origin story is done like in a text almost like a star wars scroll, crawl um so tell everybody just the logline again we don't want to spoil too much but we want to set everybody up this world and why they want to support this kickstarter and buy this comic that they can get this one issue they can get already correct correct um and you'll okay. be able to either i'll be able to send them the link also through there where they can directly message me and i can send them out a copy Excellent. That's amazing. So give everybody the setup and what it is and how you and your real life friend are also heroes in the hellscape of the future. All right. So it is a post-apocalyptic world. Um, There's only five cities left in the U.S., but they are surrounded by huge um, towering walls to keep out, you know, those outlanders or, you know, radiation and things like that. The cities do expand for quite a distance, uh, probably about two to three states long, um, because most of the resources have been welled up through war. So instead of losing the planet, uh, most people decided to join together and make a organization pretty much like a universal government where they're going to do more exploration out in the space and, 
you know, colonized there. So this takes place actually the people that decide to stay and don't want to be part of that. Um, so the, each city is supplied with a certain amount of items and minerals. They still get items from space transports of that nature. But this takes place in the lower end of Wolfsbane, which is an East Coast city um, on the East Coast side of it. And this follows the two detectives, Matthias and Daquan, um, who already put most of the crime lords in that end of the city away, but still don't have very much recognition since they are in the lower end of the Utopia city where there is more technology yet. Um, and it really follows, starts off right there with them going after the last big crime lord who's a, developing his own drug that is actually enhancing people a little bit, making them faster, stronger, more feral to do their crimes. Um, so it follows, starts off there. And as our journey goes on, you'll see how each of them gain their powers in their own way and how they both divert and go their own ways and how they see this save the city pretty much. So one, one, both with their own eyes of justice in their own way. And how would you, if you got powers out of nowhere um, and you were already a law bringer, how would you really go about it? Yeah, there's so, that's, well, I have so much to ask and so much to say. So we don't want to give anything away of what happens because there's a there's some stuff that happens in here that, you know, is pretty shocking, but also makes a lot of sense. And you're like, oh, well, what would you do? You know, and there's a lot of you guys ask a lot of kind of philosophical questions in which is essentially like a post-apocalyptic hard boiled story. You know, there's a lot of most of my questions are about the influences that we see here, because then that way we don't spoil too much. And people are like, oh, I like that. So I want to read this. So. The most obvious one, as people heard from your description, is dread. So um, this is very dready in that, you know, it's the same thing. You know, we've got these big mega city, mega city one, obviously. Um, that's a lot, lot bigger than Wolfsbane because it's the whole East Coast. But, you know, it's, there's a lot of dread there. Um, and But you also have this like hard-boiled kind of, you know, detective noir stuff going on, um, which I love those kinds of stories anyway. So that is an interesting um place there where you, instead of it being like a dread type character where there's just the I am the I mean you you allude to some of that in here but these are just folks you know like dreads you know been engineered and you know de-aged and mm -hmm. cloned and all this stuff these are just two dudes so that's what makes it more like the the detective noir but then you also have like elements of buddy cop I mean you just throw everything in there and it fits seamlessly it's not like you're like I'm just going to stuff it with a bunch of shit and hopefully it, it looks okay so all those influences, um, you know, am I right on that about the dread stuff, the dread influence? And, and a little how? bit. Um, there is definitely some of there in there, but I also am a um, a big anime fan as well. Mm -hmm. So there is one called Fist of the North Star, which I really like their post-apocalyptic kind of world where he was like a wanderer, but like in the Outland area part. So I brought a little bit of the Outlanding stuff from different animes I've seen there. Uh, mixing it with that utopia slash rundown rugged city of like a Mad Max city or a Judge Dread city. Yeah, because what I like too is that I covered Frey on here not that long ago. Jack and I did. I don't know if you ever read Frey, which is like the sequel to Buffy, the Future Slayer. And there's oh, okay. there's definitely like we talked about how there was a very distinct cast system, and that this story in Frey took place literally like in the lower ends, and we can tell there's this other nicer part that we don't get to see. And you do that here. And I like that things happen, like, because that's the difference in like Mega City One, it all sucks. In Dread, there's nowhere that's nice. But here you're like showing a very distinct um, class structure and social stratus system. And I find that really fascinating that even in the post, even like these people are like, okay, we're gonna stick together, we're gonna band together. But, you know, because again, you, you're dropping us in in the middle of their existence. We have to fill mm -hmm. in the gaps. So like, as you and Andrew were um, plotting this, how important of it, uh, you know, that social commentary on the class structure thing, and that makes it a little bit different than some of your other post-apocalyptic things, because then it's always like all a hellscape, or it's all perfect utopia, mm -hmm. but you're like, no, no, even in perfection, we're going to, we're going to have a class structure, whether we want to or not. And so like that, conver what was that conversation for you guys? And why was that important to include? Because it's clearly intentional. You didn't do that on accident. Yes, um, it is definitely intentional. Um, as the story goes on, um, you will the readers will get to see some of this uh, great part of the city as well. Um, but, but it definitely involves more of one of the deteriorating ways that they go leads to one of those areas and 
kind of uh, takes it his own way and sees what he can be to make it an even better utopia for the entire city. Right. It's always, there's always, I'm sure there's going to be some guy who's a giant dick who's doing something yeah. terrible. There's always something like everything, whatever it is, you always, you know, the Romero movies, the later Romero zombie movies or Robocop or whatever. There's always somebody who's like, you're screwing this up for everybody. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's an interesting commentary, especially now, you know, especially during the, in these last few years, you know, we've all been locked in and, you know, during the pandemic and everything, and people feel that there's a lot of, there's a real, um, you know, outside of America, inside of America situation where in America is like, I've already got my third booster, or my third shot. And other countries are like, dude, we have like 8% of our whole country has, you know, so it's like, you're still, no matter what happens, there's always going to be the haves and have nots in there. And greed is usually the reason for it. And so I assume that comes into play and corruption, greed and corruption, two things that, that are like Keith Richards and cockroaches, huh? There's definitely corruption, and but what I think I did a little bit differently here, um, which hopefully the readers will get to once they finally read it and they get to see it for themselves, they'll see as it goes on. Um, it's not so black and white as just basic corruption for some of the because like what I like about the say Star Wars, for instance, um, I really like the concept of that gray Jedi, the one that there there's not just dark and light there. It's really your test at your morale when a specific scenario comes. We don't know what we really do or how we react until being placed in that specific scenario, pretty much. So that's why I really think, even though there is going to be a big bad, of course, you have to have a big bad. Uh, but I feel like this big bad is more where I want you to relate who is actually doing the right thing versus the wrong. So both of them going their own path of being heroes in their own right who's to say which one is right and who's wrong i would like the reader to decide more but having a still a whole plot and planned out scenario nice and i like i said i love that i think that's going to be awesome because i feel like even just in the few pages that are out there already because the cool thing about everybody the comic that, that Jalen sent me is it's a half and half comic this was for the baltimore con so one half is welcome to welcome to wolfsbane and then you flip it over, and then this is your uncle's comic on the back called uh, Ruin Nation, which is also great, by the way. Um, the uh, the way that he does, like, sparse drawing in that, like, he does lots mm-hmm. of blank space. Very cool. I mean, yours is super detailed, which also is cool, but I love, like, how sparse he, he goes in the other one. So, anyway, it's very cool. So, I was very excited to get my hands on this thing. Um, but what we see in just the few pages that you have, it's, like, 12 pages of your half of the comic that mm-hmm. are in here you do make the reader ask themselves questions about what you would do. And like you said, that, that gray area is, is really important for us. Um, and, and you ask us a question without beating us over the head with it. So again, when you and Andrew were, were coming up with it, cause you could have just, this could have just been a shoot em up. It could have been mindless silly, <laughs> but you decided to add a layer of thought in there. So again, was that just, is that just always this? Because, you know, thinking about the stuff that's on your sleeves, the stuff that you're gravitating towards is complex stuff. You know, the symbiotes and what they represent and all the stuff that Peter goes through. You said Spider-Man is so your favorite. Like, that's he's a complicated character. Like, everything that happens in the Spider-Man universe, it's not just, you know, it's clobbering time. You know, not to yeah. say, not to take away <laughs> from the complexity of Ben Grimm. Sorry, all you Thing fans out there. But, you know, there's a reason that's his, that's his thing. Like, I'm going to go punch the Hulk smash, right? Or Peter's trying to navigate life and having a secret identity. So, so you decided mm-hmm. to add layers too, because that's clearly the kind of you know comic books that you like. So that also, though, sorry, I'm rambling, but that also makes it a harder sell because people just are like, no, no, I just want give me the shoot 'em up. So, what was mm-hmm. your decision to make sure you made a smart comic that that also did the shoot 'em up, like that that balance? Do you have like a count? You're like this many bullets for this many philosophical <laughs> questions. <laughs> So me and him do a lot of sit downs where we really go over what we like in the most. Um, and what I like about this comic and the plan for it is um, if you went off of like a template, almost like the Walking Dead comic, how the story goes continuously from the first issue all the way to where it is now in the volumes. Um, that's how I want the Wolfsbane to go. I do. We do like how it's welcome there. And then it's going to go through the Wolfsbane aspect. Um, so that way, later on, we can branch off to where other characters and other heroes you meet will have their own spin, uh, their own solo stories. But we don't have to 
they can be in this without you getting confused. So we want you to have the main idea of the story first um, and really stretch it out that way. So we loved the way just the template of the Walking Dead was. So reading that, I liked how it was. There was the shoot 'em up parts where you were like, oh, they have to run for their life. Or there was also the parts where they are sitting down in there and having to communicate and figure out what do you want to do next. So I do like the overall thinking of it more because I feel like that really puts you into the story a little bit more than uh, you do like the shoot 'em ups where you can see all the action explosions. But I want to know why. Like I, I do like the why. I want to know why they're in this scenario. Why are you blowing up the car and all of that? Yeah, because yeah, our one of our heroes does something that you know people might read and be like. He's a dick. And um, again, I don't mm. want to give anything away, but it's like, what an interesting choice in your first 12 pages is you put the reader in a moral conundrum. And then you ask th- his partner to do something else. And you, and you don't know, like until he does what he does. And again, I know I'm being super vague. Everybody just got to go read it. But until the partner does what he does, I will admit, I wasn't sure what he would do. I could have seen it go either way. Um, so I think that's really smart really smart characterizations in just a few a few small pages so you can tell everything you just said that you guys spent a lot of time thinking mm-hmm. about these guys and thinking about this world um so that's really that's really smart too because yeah, and and i like did, smart, i like oh, smart comics in general i just want to yeah. i i like to sit around talking that's a lot of fun for me too mm-hmm. sorry yeah and for those that do like to shoot them up though so what i do so for this uh, comic book in general um I did want them to get to know a little bit more of the characters a little bit in this first one, but how I, we do have a template planned out the way I wrote it. So I have the whole first and second volume actually written out completely. So they are written out, you know, it's just time for drawing it a hundred percent and being able to get them out. That's why the Kickstarter is going to come up. Uh, but for those that do like the shoot 'em ups, um, there is issues I plan in. So that way the reader doesn't get just bored of overly thinking and why they're contemplating some of the thoughts um, like issue two is an actually a full action packed issue. Nice. So it's going to be nothing but a, not really, not necessarily shoot them up, uh, but there is mix of both of it. So you will see a lot more action this next issue and then, you know, get some character development action and we have it planned out in specific ways. So you don't ever get too t- caught up in the boredom and still having some, something to look forward at the end or middle of each issue. Did, did you ever read, um, cause you're a Batman fan. Did you read uh, Jody Hauser's mother night? Mother Mother Panic, sorry, not Mother Night. That's the Kurt Vonnegut book. Mother Panic. I'm not sure if I read it. It was in the Young Animal line. Okay. So so she's a, it's a, it's a woman uh, called Violet. It takes place in Gotham. And Mm -hmm. um, she comes back to Gotham and is just kind of all fucked up and everything. And so she decides to dress up as white Batman. Like she dresses up as a bat, but all in white. And she just goes out and fuck shit up and you and you it's great it's a great it, it, it was a really good story and there's one moment where batman's in it and there's one moment where kate's in it um and i always wanted red hood to show up because i wanted there to be like a, a mother panic red hood crossover but the reason i bring it up is it, i think you might you might dig it because this remind the way you're describing it is that's it did a great job of you're getting the cool batman action you know you'll get like cool shots of violet jumping across the screen or whatever but then you're getting her backstory and you're understanding why she's in her headspace. And I think, I think the fact that you've already plotted it out and you've thought that through, that is really, that's really smart because you're telling the reader, I'm giving you everything, everything's going to be here, but you, but you give them just enough of the, of the cool stuff, you know, so that they are willing to sit through this. Cause you want to know, well, why were you chasing this guy? You know, mm-hmm. it's not just mindless. It's not just mindless. I mean, comic book readers in general, they want to think. They want the comic to sit with them. You know, if if there's nothing to think about when you're done reading it, you're not going to remember it. Right? Exactly. You remember some of your favorite panels. I mean, there's a reason you picked the art that's on your arms because there's something about that particular panel or that particular artist's version of Hal Jordan means something to you. So you're like, I need that because that panel stuck with me for a reason. And it's not just that looks sweet. It's, oh, this issue, here's what happened. And that's why that's my favorite. Correct. That's so cool. I, I really, I mean, I'm super excited. I was excited before, but, um, you know, just, just getting the idea that you've got it all plotted out like that is, is a really great idea. It's really ambitious. Um, is it, and no offense to your uncle, Nate, but is there, mm-hmm. is there, uh, has there been talk of bringing in another artist to speed it along because he's got his own stuff going on too, or, or is he, are the three of you guys going to stick together on this? I would really, I really would like us to always stick together. Um, if, 
down the line, we do need like, you know, for more time, assuming if he needs like somebody he knows or really would trust to do the same type right. of artwork or even their own spin later down the line is fine. But I definitely would like for the beginning volumes to really definitely follow with his art style. I, I like his art style I do a too. lot, especially for this book. Um, I like how it really just comes together to me. I like the emotion it shows and without it's there's detail. And at the same time, you can, you don't get overly lost in too much detail. Yeah. He knows, he knows. I think that like, like you said, there's a lot of facial expressions. We understand what's happening. The one I have is black and white. Are you going to stick with that? We do, but there is also uh, for the tiers, uh, we can get enough more, uh, enough money to actually, you know, help move it along a little bit faster. Uh, I do plan on giving a side-by-side color issue. Oh, cool. With it uh, For a stretch goal. So if we definitely exceed the goal, uh, stretch goal is to have the same issues came out, but in full color. Are you going to color them or is, he, or is Nate going to color them? Um, I'm actually working with the coloring. So I've done a couple pages already on it. Um, learning to, that program a little bit better, but um, I'm definitely helping at least with that aspect, trying to get the coloring in. That's cool. Who's doing the letters? Um, my uncle does the lettering um, and the uh, actual lining and everything of that nature. I do the writing and he does the compositing and putting it to making the bubbles form with his art. So I gave oh, him that. He I actually him draws the them right in there. Yeah. So I allowed That's him so to cool. figure out where he wants it to go. So that way he knows how to draw it out, how he wants it and not get overshadowed by the bubble. That's insane. Cause yeah, that's always one of the weird things is like, how do you, you know, what do you do with the letters? Do you, do you stick them in later? But he's thinking about them in the front end instead of on the back end. That's, right. that's pretty clever. Hi. Yeah. Oh, Hey, we've got a guest. Hello. We do. Hi. You've got a Spider-Man sweatshirt on. Yes, he does. <laughs> that's awesome. Hello. Aw. He's already been brought up. It's not video, so nobody will see, but I'm leaving that in. He was adorable. He's got a Spider-Man jammies on. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. yeah. He loves his, he at least knows Spider-Man enough for his TV show. Yeah. Well, hey, that's all, that's all that matters. That's so cool. Well, that's cool. I, 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 again, like I said, I love the scope and the ambition of what you guys are doing here. I think that's really, that's really cool. Um, because, because again, you want to get, that's how you build a fan base, right? You don't, you don't just be, again, this, the, the non, there's been tons of indie comics that have come and gone and nobody's remembered because it was just like, here's another generic thing. And that's what I like that you guys are doing. You can tell you're inspired by things, but then you're also making that your own. So um, again, you've got the two cops and whatever, and they're obviously partners for a long time. The, they don't really crack wise. So you resisted the buddy cop. It, it looks like, oh, it could just be a buddy cop action movie. But you decided to not do that. You decided to make them more like much more serious partners. So again, is that a reflection of just the two of you? And that's how you guys are. You like crack wise in the world so you can make the comic a little more serious. Or is it like this world sucks? People aren't cracking jokes. I hate, you know, because it's like that's one of the one of my biggest problems with some of the Marvel movies. It's like genocide is not this fun. Let's maybe we could tone it down just a little, you know, the, the joke to movie ratio. Um, I know that's what DC movies are for, so I'm fine mm-hmm. with that. But, you know, um, you don't make it super funny when you could. Did you, was, was that was that something on the table or you were like, no, we want to we live in this? We thought about it. Um, so we did more with the, because they are really good friends. So Obviously, there is going to be yeah. moments where when they're, when they're alone, like on like maybe the driving from one destination to another, there might be joke, like where it's appropriate, I definitely do. Uh, we will have some jokes in there with with them at least. Yeah. Um, we do keep it more serious tone throughout the story, but there is a villain who you know just thinks he is like the first villain you will be introduced to in next issue. Um, he is more of he he's not like Joker funny, but more of he'll make jokes at you just because how insignificant he feels you are to. Oh, him. nice, nice. So it's like pride. He feels yeah more more like that Shao Kahn pride love that uh, joking that um, so he'll definitely be in there a lot more and he's definitely a I think maybe a fan favorite is the first villain we've introduced that's that's always tough right because you you want people to hate the villain but you also kind of want them to love them. like you love Venom antihero yeah. as it were you know so uh, that's that's a tough that's I'm excited about that because I think you're right I think that's where the jokes can come I think giving the bad guy 
the sense of humor then that makes you root for and against him. And you also like, because if he's funny and charming, then that's super antagonistic to the heroes. You're like, this guy, you know, because if he's just like blank baddie, then that's no, that's no good. You know, he has to have personality. And there's got to be a reason he's the way he is. It can't just be, you know, well, he's crazy, fill in the blank. You know, it's like, there's obviously Mm -hmm. something there. He's a little more mega, mega, I was going to try to say that. Mega maniacal, but, and that's more fun. Mm-hmm. I definitely like that aspect more with uh, his pride is definitely what really drives him and feeling the sense of pretty much without spoiling anybody, but he thinks of himself as a God pretty much. Oh. Oh, he, he has a more of a Messiah complex of being like unstoppable and vulnerable. Like you just cannot, no matter what you do, you cannot hurt me is what he feels in his mind. That's so cool. What a great villain. Well, I'm excited. I, I can't wait. That's, that's so cool. Oh. This is so great. So how long have you guys been working on this? The actual start was probably two years after I graduated. So we've probably been on this for about, probably about five years now, Uh, just writing anyway. I was, my uncle was working on his own things for a while. Um, So we just came together this year to actually bring this comic to life. Um, Cause I've always been trying to really find that, that artist that I want to bring this out. Um, we've had the first two images of our heroes in their outfit and like how they're going to look as heroes, um, made for the same amount of time. Probably we got it as a Christmas present. My uncle drew those for me originally. And that's what started the real realization that I think I want to really pursue that. Like, this is what I want to do. I would love to have this book actually out. Um, so I did go that route of keeping him as the, the basis to really design this, um, so it kind of really influenced all of that for me. Nice. And you thought, and then any stretch throughout that where you're like, I'm just going to, Andrew, let's just write a book instead of make, because we could have it done by now. Was that, was that a decision or were you like, no, it's got to be a con or a screenplay? Because this would make an amazing film too. Were, were there any point where you're like, maybe we should pull the trigger and try this other route? Or you're like, nope, it's comics all the way. So writing it, I do while playing out the writing so when i'm making the panels and things of that nature i do try to think of how would it work if you know say like a netflix grabbed it and wanted to make an adaptation so i do try to give them that aspect as well to make it to where it could work that way i just really like to be able to see i want to grasp the reality of these heroes and villains um i really wanted that visualization with it so that's why i thought comic book first and then able to branch off the comic book uh for shows or if somebody would like a graphic novel, or, I mean, a, um, a novel-esque version of it, I can still do that. But I would like you to at least know the, at least the idea of what this world looks like uh, through visually seeing it. Yeah, no, and it is, I think it is visually stunning. And I think there's a lot of smart stuff in the background. One of the pages that I've seen, that, that the digital one you sent me, when you're, um, when he's working out, when you see how swell he actually is and he's in there working out. And before he talks, in the background, you see all the shit on the wall, like all his weapons and everything. Like, what a great visual storytelling. No words. I think it's so economical. I think that's what comic. So you've written all that, but we don't have to see it written because you trusted your uncle to draw it the way you wanted it. And so I love that economical. That's one thing comic books do better than anything is your budget is unlimited and you can tell anything. So you're like, oh, this dude's a badass. He's beyond a cop. Look at all this martial arts shit back here. You know, it's not just that he's hitting a punching bag. And I'm like, oh, well, what's that symbol? And what could that mean? And does that mean he trains somewhere? And what don't I know about him? And it, you expand the world so much with just a few symbols and a few weapons on the back wall. Chef's kiss. That was really well done. And that, if you had written it as a book, you'd have to describe all that. Exactly. And I do like how he was able to bring, because it is written in a script format for him. Yeah. Um, so I do like how he was able to bring the visuals that I wrote down into there to give that aspect. So I do want them to realize like these are cops, but they are their own person as well. And he he's on his own side of what he does. Yeah, I think it was so smart because it's just like they're just that shorthand. Like you see and then, you know, then he's with his wife there, Linda. And, and so it's like you you really get to see so much and the way that they even the way that she stands apart from him. And again, I know this is, I'm only one of the few people who've seen these pages, but like it's, it's excellent visual. So I'm, I'm glad you've made, I just was curious. Cause like, it's such a big story now that I know it's such a big story. I was just curious, you know, like, you're like, let's go this route. But no, I think, I think it's going to be, it'll obviously work better. Um, 
in the way that you want it to be. Um, I, I, one last question before we start talking about the tears and everything, because 45 mm -hmm. minutes, it just flies by. Um, you talked about the spinoffs. I love the idea of an expanded universe mm -hmm. because that's one thing you forget is that in the world, like you're watching, you're reading Batman, you're reading Peter, or Peter Parker, you're reading, you know, whatever you're reading. That's your focus. And so you can only think about this, this but the city exists. Somebody lives in Gotham who's never seen Batman, but, you know, has his own shit going on. And somebody lives in New York who's never been saved by Spider-Man or who was saved by Spider-Man. But he, and then his whole life is different because of that. And he never sees him again, you know, but it's like other than on the news or whatever. And so you're create when you talk about spinoffs, are your spinoffs going to be that like because, like you said, you've got up class Wolfsbane, you've got low, you know, you've got and then you've mm -hmm. got other cities around this, these five major cities. So is it going to be like an eight page mini story, like just kind of slice of lifey stuff? Or is it going to be these are going to be spinoffs from characters we meet and then we follow them like we like a like a Gary old Gary Altman film mm -hmm. where you're, or where you're just like, and you go over here, Robert Altman, sorry, Robert Altman film, where you go over here and you just stop following this person. And now you start to follow this one. Is it going to be like that? Or will it be, will they be? So through the full story, um, bringing some of these characters in, you know, so you can grow to, through the actual story of Wolfsbane, you'll grow to know them a little bit and a little bit about them. Not Maybe not all the little secrets you need, but it definitely is going to introduce other people I'm extremely excited for, other heroes. Um, a big tie into this world that's really going to be that cliffhanger for that final volume that I have already planned out. Um, so it's definitely everything leads and foreshadows and of that nature. But when it goes to the spinoffs, it's going to give you a little bit of their start. So their origin is going to be where you meet them in Wolfsbane is where our characters would meet them at that time. Okay. So the spinoffs are going to be more of how they started and so like maybe a 12 issue miniseries of like their origin and what they're doing up to this point. Like before so they have it and, like and a prequel. Yeah. So make a prequel for the spinoff characters if you want to know. So that way, say it does get a blow up one day and people really want to do it. You can do single issues with some of these characters now that you know who they are. So I would like to do prequels on certain characters so you can really get a feel for their overall full circle character. But then at the end of that issue is going to be where they meet like um, Matthias or Daquan in the actual Spain. So it doesn't That's take so away cool. from your full story. When you're reading it, you can learn about them at the same time. That's cool. It's like uh, Tolkien did all that, right? Like all the background mm -hmm. shit that he did. Like you got the whole history of the hobbits and you're like, yeah, I, I just need these three hobbits. I don't need what, what you know. But he, you know, he's like, and then don't forget, twenty-seven years before Pippin was even born, this, and you're like, whoa, and no, they're not even in the story. So um, that's cool because it makes it more real. Like you said right from the top, you wanted something that was a little fantastical, but but could feel real. Like the the reader could feel because that's the thing. Outside, you and I are sitting here talking, but in our neighbors' houses, their lives are going on too. Exactly, and we definitely have more grit yeah. with that aspect of. Because some of these characters, um, I want it more of if things happen that are really bad, um, it's not going to be reverted three issues later or anything like that. So death is really real in this universe. So if things do occur or anybody does lose a life, they are going to be gone forever. Well, um, I think that's a smart move. <laughs> it's it's a bold thing. It's one thing that, that's, that Matt and I... Uh, we talked about that before, like the, the problem with like with, with the characters. And again, you know, you love them all and I get it. I did. I get it. But it also takes away some of the stakes because you know, you're not killing off Bruce Wayne, but why? I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to, cause you know, you can go back, you could, there's so many stories at some point in the real continuity, Bruce Wayne could actually die, but you could still do the, the lost tales of Batman and have Bruce Wayne stories set 20 years ago that we just didn't know. You could do that infinity, but keep an actual mm -hmm. timeline where people get old and they age in real time. And then the next person is Batman. Dick Grayson steps up, which we all know Dick tried his turn at Batman and that didn't. Yeah. <laughs> he's way too fun to be Batman. He's, he's having to You're good absolutely time. Right. <laughs> that doesn't work out. But, you know, the idea of, of that's what he's there for, you know, um, so I love that idea. I love having a continuity. Um, and so how long, I mean, how many years in Wolfsbane time is this story going to take place? Um, it's definitely going to go. So the first couple of volumes are going to go with the the first, you know, two to 
two years of whoops of everything from the time they get their powers uh, through the first two years. Because it's a flashback. It. It's like two years ago is what it starts with. So you're going to catch us up to yep. the opening crawl. It's like, first, we got to go back two years. So you are going to see that whole story. Yeah. So that first That's panel amazing. was actually the finale, like a, a good cliffhanger for one of the volumes. Um, and then this leads. So that way I didn't have to go all the way back with the origin. You know, this is where it's going to start at. So it's not too far back where you have to learn about their relationship. I want that to already be a little bit established for the readers. So that way you don't have to get overly stimulated with that origin and forget what's going on here. So the first parts will be leading up to that. Um, and then eventually um, it's going to probably withstand about five years before the big, the big finale takes place. Nice. Which is going to so shake cool. the entire world for this story. That's so cool. Wow. I love, I love the confidence. I love the scope. I love an epic. I mean, I like epic stories. I just, I, the reason I mentioned Tolkien, I just, every year at the beginning of the year, I pick something to reread, like some classic. And so I just reread Lord of the Rings. So um, I love an epic. Like, I love a story that, that knows what it is. It's like, I'm not going to tell a short story. I'm going to tell a long story. And you have to, that's again, trusting your reader to have the patience and to have attention span. Mm -hmm. And you're writing to a certain audience. You're saying, I'm writing to somebody who wants to be invested in character and who wants to go on a journey. Yes, you know, I don't want it to be a one shot. I want them to at least get the, even if they don't like the story, if that's their opinion, that's perfectly fine. I just want at least you to have, know that I'm not going to just write something for you to, to throw it out there. I have a full plan for it. So that way, if you're going to put and invest into it, I'm investing into the readers. I want you guys to enjoy the reading. I don't want it just to be something you read and throw it away and don't really care about. I want you to actually learn to like the characters and want you to feel, and if you're going to put all that time into learning, I want a big payoff for you. That's awesome. I'm, well, I'm excited. Well, I feel I, I'm, I'm ready to give you my money. So let's talk about that. When, um, when's the Kickstarter go live? What are we going to get? What's our cool? I mean, I already have this, so I feel like I got to go up a level because you sent me this for free. Oh, yes. Uh, so for the <laughs> Kickstarter, when uh, you go into originally, so you do get um, for the first, once we hit that goal, you do get the first issue, obviously, uh, the full one. Mm -hmm. um, not the Comic-Con oh, exclusive. Oh, not the half you and half get, one. Okay, cool. Yeah, you get the full page one all written out completely. Um, and then with that, after you meet the first goal, there'll be additional comics you receive. So you can choose from uh, my uncle's original comic, No One. Um, and you can choose up to his three issues from there that you get with it as well nice. automatically. And the next tier would be um, exclusive art. So if you really are invested, like I want you to be, um, I'm give I'm gonna let you I'm gonna give you a reward for it pretty much. So it's gonna be characters that other people won't know that when I do the regular sales for, um, but a single screenshot or a, a hand drawn you know image of a character you don't know yet that is gonna be tied in there, but you get the first visual of that character. Cool. So I'll make a certain a limited ones for those. So you'll get a limited of this character out of three characters I have that aren't in the uh, story yet but you'll get three exclusive characters that you don't know about. We'll have a small bio behind them. Um, like the remember who's who? Remember those comics? Yes. It'll be like, yes, yeah, but it'll be for this universe. It'll be the Wolfsbane who's who. Mm -hmm. And it'll be nice. a exclusive for those that really want to invest into it. Um, we're looking into NFT to get like a special NFT for, you know, a Matthias and Daquan together image um, that we would love to give out for that as well for a limited running. And then the stretch goal is definitely to help get as, as more that comes in, the money goes only strictly into the comic book. So it is literally only going to help get that first volume out faster. Because I have it here and I've been wishing it was a full graphic novel volume-esque book already. Um, but that is the, the overall goal. So the stretch goal for that would be if we exceed it, you won't have to pay for that next issue. You automatically get issue two and three in this nice. running for this Kickstarter. So you will get the first three issues. Um, and if we exceed that goal, not only would be the color issue, but you'll also be able to get, once the volume is come out, first dibs on the more, whoever puts in a certain amount of that tier will get the volume when it does come out. The hard, the hard cover. They actually the get cover. it. The printed yep. version of it. Not hard cover, but printed. You're not hard covering. You're not going to spend, I mean, unless you really go, 
Because you get all the money, then you could actually print it hardbound, hardbound, but we'll get a physical copy of it. Yeah, you'll get a physical copy, but I do plan on having a actual volume one compendium of the first 13 issues. So I do plan on doing a volume-esque type of style. So it would be 13 issues for each one up to our, hopefully I can reach it to that 10th volume is what I want it, where I have a start and finish it. Oh my God. That is so awesome. I love it. I love I love to see the ambition. You guys can't see him, but it's going to happen. You look at him and you're like, he's going to make this. This is going to go. That's so cool, man. Um, I am excited. So when does the kick, When do, do we know when it's starting? Uh, I'm hoping that it will be up officially on January 28th. Okay. Okay. To be officially up for people to be able to invest in and start the process of that uh, monthly uh, Kickstarter. Okay, cool. And it'll be a whole month. So it'll be pretty much February. You'll have all of February. Yep. So, okay. So we'll make sure this comes out either the last of January or the first of February mm-hmm. so that people can go click the links that Jalen will have sent me and you're going to kick. I'm in. I'm in. You guys are all going to want to get in on this because it's awesome. And so for those people who don't want physical stuff, they'll be able, there'll be tiers for just get the digital too. Yes, there will be. Yeah. So if they just want the digital on there, there is that as well. Um, yeah. And then when you do get the physical copy, it is going to be signed by all three creators. Which mine is, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm going to put it back in the bag, but I definitely, I had it out again today because I wanted to read it again before we talk today. So, well, this is very cool, man. I'm so excited. Um, so thanks again, Tanya, for setting this up. She knows, Tanya knows things. Um, yes, thank so you so much. So we're going to, you guys are going to invest in the Kickstarter. So when you're not, so you'll click the links to the Kickstarter. Those will all be in the show notes. So how else can they find you around the internet? What are your other things? And those will also be in the show notes, but I'm an audio person. So make sure you say them out loud for everybody. Yes. So there is uh, two, uh, two ways you can get the book now already. Um, you can go to either my Instagram, uh, my uncles, um, and that would be Jalen underscore the underscore visionary um, or Nate underscore draws. And you can directly message me and it is $3 for the issue um, plus $1 for shipping from Vegas. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you can go either to our Facebook as well um, and hit either of us up through Messenger that way for Andrew White. Um, Nate gets or me, Jalen Williams gets and directly message us that way as well. And we can send you out a copy as well. That's amazing. And Jalen, the visionary, because you are. You are the visionary. You have the vision and it's pretty obvious. And so I'm very excited to be here at the beginning of it, as it were. And uh, I can't wait to see it. And this is, I love an epic. This is going to be an epic. And uh, so everybody's going to want to get on this. That's all cool. So you guys are going to support him on the Kickstarter. So um, final two questions is mm-hmm. the, who I always ask people, who's it for? Who, who is this book for? If you not just like, you know, not for me, because you already know I'm going to like it, but who, who do you recommend it for? If you're like, if you're into this, you will like this. Those that I would say this book is for those who would like a, a full fledged start to finish story where for those that like to think and those that like to fully embrace everything. Um, it's not, I mean, it is over the top with powers, of course, but it's not going to be groundbreaking to where reality limits are broken. It's all grounded. There's all, if you like something with reward, but at the same time for that reward. So each person that does get power, there is a risk with it. So I would let everybody that wants that risk versus reward and really that gray area, this is for anybody that wants a nice read for, to really question things. If you would like to question, if you like watching those movies, but you always have something to, to judge on it, this I feel is for you. I so agree. you can fully bring your judging out and, even if you have your own ideas, feel free to message me with what you think. And you can either be right, you might not be, but I love to see what you guys really think of in the story. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I again, because like I said, I mean, you, you ask, you make the readers ask themselves a lot of questions while they're reading it. And it's, and it's a way homer because you're invested in the story and your uncle's artwork is so good and you're there. And then when you're done, you'd like sit with it for a while. And that's how you know it's good when, when you close the page. And you sit with it and you're like, oh, I am in a, I need to read that again. Or I need to, did I remember that part correctly? Or then, like you said, because the, his art is so rich, the background is layered. So it's a layered story. So I agree. It's very good. And so thanks for coming on. This is very cool. Thank you um, for having me. Appreciate it. I hope everybody goes and supports everybody who's listening. If you're in the sound of my voice, 
Click on the kick. Support the Kickstarter. What's the name of the comic company? That you're uh, the company is GCP Comics. GCP Comics. Why is that? Okay. Is there a story behind that? Um, just names. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Just cool. all the names together. Uh, it's just the letters of the name put together. Nice. Okay, cool. Well, I love it. I love this. I'm in. I'm, I can't wait to support it. Um, very cool. So I'm just throwing this at you. Didn't tell you. So uh, do you have a playlist? That you, or as or that you listen to or as particular band or whatever when you're writing this is there do you have a soundtrack for for Wolf Spain in your head? So actually, when for like the, like a, do I see a like a soundtrack while they're moving around or is for to help me write both either both. Um, while I write, I'm normally very quiet actually because oh, I'm okay. literally just stuck into the the laptop while I'm writing it. I literally am just visualizing the story as I'm going. Nice. Um, but during it, I definitely put a soundtrack with what they're doing at that time. And I think of if the show picked it up, what music I feel would really be there for it. So there is definitely some metal influence in there. You have to have that edgy sound as well. But a little bit of hip hop as well is going to be in there and of that nature. A little bit of hip hop, a little bit of metal at the same time. Nice. All right. Well, because I always try to play out with a song or part of a song. So is there something we should listen to? Rat Night Off. What, what is that? We need to listen to like what? Uh, Linkin Park. Is that what you're thinking? Lincoln, uh, that could work. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll play, we'll play something by Linkin Park on the way out. So very cool. Well, thank you for this, Jalen. This has been a treat. It's been lovely to meet you. And I can't wait to support this. And one day when the pandemic ends, you'll be, you'll be on the comic book tour. And I'll meet you in real life. But for now... This was a delight to meet you. He's also got an R2D2 painting behind him, everybody. I mean, everybody's really missing out not getting to have this be a visual meeting medium. But um, excellent time. Thank you again. Everybody support the Kickstarter. Support, support, support. And um, here's Lincoln Park. We'll see everybody next time. Bye now. Thank you so much. Try so hard. 